That's a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one nervous step at a time. I'm Bobby from Growler Media, and today, Janae is not here with me, but we have a very special treat for you guys. The infamous, notorious Johnny is here. Yay! Yay. Hello, hi. Nice to finally meet you. (laughs) For those of you who may not know, Johnny is my older brother. And also one of the podcast's biggest fans who's always commenting on our stuff. So if you are following our Facebook pages and stuff, you might have seen him say stuff. And if not, you should go check it out because uh, we post a lot of good stuff over there. But we're glad to have Johnny here stepping in for Janae. She had some work stuff and could not be here with us this evening. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Johnny, or else I'd be doing this all by myself. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. It's a pleasure. It's uh, it's exciting to finally get to participate in one of these movie by minutes things because I've been listening for a long time. So this is the first movies by minute that I'm actually going to be on. So it's pretty exciting. Ooh. Is this your first podcast too? Not my first podcast. I did record a podcast on uh, sister podcasts. That was a pun because it's by our sister. I did a, a one of them with, oh, her, yeah. with one of her movies. So that's when I guess I got the bug and I was like, wow, this is like so much fun. You just get to talk. Nobody can say anything. Yeah, that was a good episode. Y'all did uh, a movie review on The Circle? Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. The <laughs> podcast was great. The movie was horrible. The episode was awesome. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't speak to the movie, but it was a good episode. So all you guys should go check that out on uh, the Growler Media website as well. It's the Popcorn and Pickles podcast. The episode was on The Circle. Really good episode. Yeah. So yeah, before we get started on the minute, uh, why don't you tell everybody how you got started listening to Movies by Minute podcasts? Well, actually, at the job that I do, it's a kind of a science job, but basically I have eight hours of day to sit around and listen to whatever I want. So I started listening to podcasts because he ran out of books to read and or listen to and stuff like that. So I started listening to podcasts. And then in one of the podcasts, I listened to a lot of tech podcasts. And one of the podcasts, one of their guests were talking about this podcast where these people talk about the Star Wars minutes one minute at a time. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, and I, I've always loved Star Wars. So I was like, oh, I got to check that out. So I started listening and I was just hooked, man. I was just like amazed at the idea they came up with and, and how they started doing it. So I think this was back when they, I think they had just finished the first one episode for. And so I caught up and then I've just been listening ever since. And then, you know, as they were going on, people were like, hey, do you mind if we if we do a Movies by Minute podcast? You know, and then they're like, no, no, just, you know, make sure you finish it, finish what you started, a couple of things. And, and then this whole big, huge community sort of just blossomed out of that. And now it's just like, it's, it's like a thing. It is a thing. I think there's like 60 or 70 Movies by Minute podcasts now. Yeah. So check them out, moviesbyminute.com. But yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty cool because the whole reason that you are listening to this podcast, listeners, is because I started listening to podcasts and Johnny was like, hey, check out this Star Wars Minute thing. And I was like, mm, that sounds kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh, then I started listening and then I started listening to a lot of them and then I started making one. Yeah. I know the feeling. Not the feeling of you telling somebody and you think it's dumb not not just with you but i was listening to another podcast where the it's a interviewing guy and he is interviewing people who interview people so it was a <laughs> podcast about 
him interviewing people who interview people about how they do their interviews. So it was pretty meta, and I, I made the mistake of telling Mackenzie what I was listening to once, and she looked at me like I was ridiculous and crazy, like, what? <laughs> You're listening to somebody <laughs> talk about interviews with somebody who interviews about how they interview them? It's just like, it's, it's a great podcast, but <laughs> it sounds crazy when you tell people about it. Yeah. That's what most people say when I tell them about this podcast. They're like, eh, you can't have that much to say about each minute. But we do. And this minute is no exception, because we are talking about minute 60 of Beauty and the Beast. And this minute starts off with Lumiere saying, you confess your love, and ends with Mrs. Potts singing, true as it can B. B is not in this minute, but that's what she's saying. So yeah, this is a great minute. There's there's a lot in here. Yeah. And there's not really, but there is. There's a lot to talk about, but there's not a ton going on in the minute. No, no. But before we jump into this minute, I just got one thing to say. And this is just from listening to the podcast and hearing things. So there's the new, I don't know what you call it, but the new parts they added in. And I wasn't mm-hmm. even aware they added them in until later on. Somebody, like somebody's kids or something, I think it was before my kids were old enough to watch it, but somebody was watching it. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, it's Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, that's not Beauty and the Beast. Like, where did that <laughs> come from? And they're like, oh, it's new. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was so confused for the longest time because I had no idea they added this into the movie like as an actual movie. I thought it was like, you know, like Beauty and the Beast 2 or whatever where they're doing yeah. the snow stuff and i was just like oh, so confused for the longest time but listening to you guys and like hearing all of the history and stuff of it i was like oh, okay you know that's kind of cool i watched the minute before this one which is the tail end of that and i was just like man it's just i don't know it just no matter no matter how close it is you know they brought in the same people and stuff it just it just doesn't fit with me it doesn't jive and i think it's just it's the the time in which we grow up in uh which will never happen again in the history of movies because when we were little you know before movies you had to go to the theater to see them right and then you know vhs came out and you could bring your movie home and you can watch it at home and that was a huge deal and that's when we grew up when we had these movies on vhs and we could watch them anytime we wanted but you know like we didn't have a million different movies we had you know maybe like 10 15 vhs <laughs> and so you watched the same movie over and over and over hundreds of times you watched it and so you got to where you know every single part of this movie you know what the people sound like when they're talking or when they're singing you even know like when the pauses how long the pauses are supposed to be for in between speaking parts and stuff so anything that doesn't fit in there just feels so wrong it's like nails on a chalkboard and so when you hear when you hear you know different versions of people singing the song it's like that's not how it's supposed to sound you know that's not the person singing it. you're singing (laughs) it wrong you know you're not inflecting your voice the right way so true i think that's part of why uh and and i'm sure we've mentioned this before when we talked about the uh the new beauty and the beast i think that's why it fell flat so hard because so many people love the 91 version of it and grew up with it and like you said they know every part of it and then they came and tried to do like the same lines and the same songs and mm, it just doesn't jive yeah yeah you think they would have almost had better better success if they would have just changed everything you know rewrote the whole story the same story but new words new songs you know it would have been i mean there would have been outrage of course because it's completely different but (laughs) at the same time you wouldn't be comparing it and and speaking to that i was like you know okay like where where are we in minute 60 of the new movie so i looked it up and it's uh right when the beast finished fighting the wolves and he's laying on the ground and bell's like coming over to him whatever i'm like okay well that's a little bit behind you know where we're at now and then i was like okay well what does it look like at the part in the movie like when beast is getting ready and stuff so i watched that part and i remember watching the beauty and the beast this is just to go into the new movie when we 
we finally saw it and we were really excited and I was, you know, of course, like everyone else, I was really nervous to go see it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not because I have this movie so ingrained in me. And so I was watching it and Emma Watson was there and I'm not like a huge movie critic, you know, so I can't like criticize actors or their voices or, you know, like stuff like that. But just watching it, I was like, man, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right, you know. But at the end of the movie, I remember thinking, you know, uh, I liked the movie. It wasn't the same, but I liked it. But then when I'm sitting down and I watch this minute and then I go watch the same scenes in the new movie, it was just like, oh, total discord. It was horrible. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> just never have compared the two. And some of the things are kind of cool because they have later on when you see them coming down the stairs, there's like dragons or animals at the end of the stairs and they have mm-hmm. dragons and animals in the new movie too at the end of the stairs. So it's kind of stuff like that where it's kind of the same and that's cool how they were able to put that in there. But at the same time, it's just the voices are different and the timing, yeah. like the way they say their words is not the right timing. I know. drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, especially after doing this podcast. I don't think I I can ever like the new one. (laughs) Besides that, I probably wouldn't have anyways. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any thoughts on uh, the beginning of this minute here? One of the things that I really thought was cool and they did a good job on is the beast just got out of the bath and they're drying him off. And they dry him off and you see him in the mirror and his fur is just all puffed out, but it's kind of like matted still and those spikes and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. And I thought they just did a great job animating wet fur becoming dry dry fur you know when you're toweling it off because this is the beast how he looks is exactly what a fluffy cat would look like when you give him a bath <laughs> and you towel them off yeah. you know they're like kind of just a little bit dry but their fur's really still wet so i just thought they did an amazing job making him look like that yeah it really caught my attention because i mean we are just barely getting back into the original footage from the human again stuff and like you were saying um you just you can tell the difference there and that's what kind of what caught my attention at the beginning of this minute is just the the quality of difference that everything just just looks so good uh, coming back into this stuff. Yeah. And even like on the mirror, because we were looking at Beast in the mirror, looking at himself as he's getting ready. And on the side of the mirror, there's like gold or brass or something. And then inlaid in that, there's, I, I'm colorblind, so I'm not sure if it's green or gray or blackish, but it's like kind of like a marble. And that marble yeah, looks yeah. so lifelike. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, that's like a picture. Like they just took a photograph of marble and put it in with the cartoon. It's just like so amazing. I was just mind blown. And it's just like, it's there for maybe, you know, three seconds of screen time total. And it, you never see it again. It's just like so well done. Yeah. Who's been all the time on that? <laughs> hours and hours painting and coloring that stuff in. But yeah. They got awesome detail in this stuff. I kind of went down the rabbit hole as I was getting ready for this minute. And I, I tried to stay focused on like what was actually happening in the minute. But I kept getting sucked into like looking at animation and the the storyboards uh-huh. that they were doing for this movie. And just like the sketches and drawings from the animators. And it's like, man, these people are so talented. Yeah. And they just did such an amazing job on this stuff. So uh, my first note on here is... So Lumiere's trying to coach Beast on like what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He tells him, you know, you confess your love. When the moment's right, you confess your love. That's what the, the lines that we're coming into for this minute. And I love how Beast stutters. They just did such a great job on his dialogue. Mm-hmm. They just did such a good job on the voiceover of it. He's like, I couldn't. Oh, no, I, I can't. Yeah. It just makes him so real. I mean, I know we, we've talked about it before, but his inability to cope with situations and not knowing what to do or how to act, you know, not having the courage to, to talk to this girl he loves and or likes or whatever at this point. It just makes him relatable, even though he's a beast. Yeah, uh, you can really see what he's thinking, you know, in the animation and the way his dialogue is. You can tell, like, he's like, okay, yeah, he's following along with Lumiere, like, yes, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And then you're going to confess your love. And he's like, yes. And then he's like, oh, wait, what? 
no, I can't do that. You know, it's just like, and you can see in his face just change. And he's like, realizes what Lumiere's trying to get him to say. He's like, no, oh, and then he's like, no, I can't do that. And he just like slumps down, his whole body sags down, and he's just like so depressed, like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Good stuff. My next note is on his makeover. Do you have anything before that? Um, I was just going to say, uh, as leading into the makeover, there's the pole, the, uh, what is it, a hat stand? Yeah, we have named him Jacques. He is the coat slash hat rack slash violinist barber serving guy. He kind of does a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I was going to say on this because I was I was watching it and he actually has a name in the new movie because they call him something, but I didn't pay attention to what it was because I was like, oh my gosh, they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff in that movie. <laughs> but in this part, you see him and he's cutting hair. And then you mentioned later on, he's a violinist. But that, if you pay attention, is actually a separate guy. Because this guy, really? yeah, this guy has four hands. He has, you know, two scissors and two combs. And then the mm-hmm. guy playing the violin has six hands. He has two playing the violin and then he has four that are just kind of hanging out. So I don't know if he can grow arms when he needs them or if they're actually two separate people. Uh, it's it's got to be two separate people. Yeah. And then that leads to like, okay, well, what were their jobs? Because before, you know, you guys talked about about it you know is he like a butler guy that took your stuff i mean this guy's clearly a barber and the other guy's clearly a musician so i wonder if that's just like a side talent that they had like oh i can also cut hair but in the castle i'm a i'm a butler i get your coat and your hat you know so, <laughs> or if, so. <laughs> if the barber was just like transformed into this coat rack you know where it doesn't it's not it's not what he does doesn't transfer into what he becomes but he mm-hmm. still retains that knowledge of what he does and so here you know when he's called upon to fix up the beast you know he can he can he can be a barber and that when you think about that i mean this guy he's a coat rack right for the last 10 years and now all of a sudden out of the blue they're like hey you got to fix this beast you got to you got to dress up this monster to make him good looking you know and the coat rack's probably freaking out you know he doesn't have a face so you can't tell what he's thinking but he's got to be freaking out he hasn't cut anybody's hair in <laughs> 10 years and now he's got to like perform this miracle and he doesn't have a lot of time to do it you know it's not like he has three hours to get the beast ready maybe he has like 10 minutes you know guys don't take yeah. long to get ready so he's he's going 100 miles an hour and he's pulling hair and cutting hair and flinging things around you know just going like mad you know at first he has like two scissors and two combs and he's going at it both at the same time and then he loses some scissors and he's just like double combing like with two hands and cutting with the third hand and then when he steps back he kind of like steps back and does the chin thing with his arms folded and he's like okay you know i got it this is it was right before the the reveal of, of what the beast looked like <laughs> i don't know johnny i think you uh i think you're gonna upset janae by this revelation that they're not all the same coat rack <laughs> i i don't understand her attachment but she has some strong feelings about the coat rack well she can just have more feelings now it's just like maybe it's his brother and that's why they're both <laughs> coat maybe like their dad was was the head butler he became a coat rack and so now it's this family of coat racks and they're all coat racks but they all you know they can all do different things <sighs> so it always kind of bugged me his uh the, the makeover that he gave first off it bugs me that he wasn't even like putting in curlers or anything and then all of a sudden he's got all these bows and curls and stuff in his his mane or hair or whatever it is yeah this is this is definitely a case of of movie magic to where you know i mean literally within the span of three seconds he's cutting his hair one second and the next minute he's got two bows a braid and you know a bunch of curlers going around and yeah. those those curlers they take time you know you got to put them in and let them set let them cool down and especially <laughs> back in the day when they didn't have curling irons you know you had to heat them all up separately and make sure they were all the right temperatures so they didn't burn your hair and then 
then wrap your hair around them, you know? Because it's like you had to have a bunch of people helping you out. I did a little research on the curls. What are they called? Ringlets. <laughs> the ringlets. Because I was like, when when did that like when did that come about when people were making ringlets? And it goes all the way back to like the Roman times. So I mean, it's totally plausible that they had the ringlets, but just the way that they are done. Either this guy pulled out some magic, or those aren't actually his hair. Maybe it's like a clip-on ringlet beard <laughs> that he just tucked all his hair underneath and just clipped on that ringlet. Because you know how they have those those wigs with those ringlets, the yeah, white ones. He's so got this a beard is, wig. Yeah, it's a, it's a big beard wig, and then he just you know does a little braid, puts the bow, puts the hair on top of bow just to kind of keep it there something to do with it curls his top hair over throws on the beard wig that would make a lot more sense because i don't think he had that much mane slash beard hair to to do those curls in the first place yeah yeah that would be a lot of hair because when you curl your hair it you know there's a lot of hair that goes up into a curl that size so now that we're talking about it, it's definitely got to be a wig <laughs> well it, it's always bugged me i mean besides the fact that it's implausible it's bugged me because it's like oh that looks very familiar but i've never really been able to put my finger on you know what it was he looked like until i was doing prep for this minute and i was like wait a second he looks like the cowardly lion oh and i'm pretty sure this is their little homage or whatever to to wizard of oz so you've got beast here and cowardly lion i don't think he has like as defined curls in his beard thing but he's definitely got the hair on top with the bow and i think he has a bow in his chin hair and at this point of the movie that's what beast is he's he's the cowardly lion lumiere is telling him hey you got to go you have to confess your love tell her how you feel and he's like oh i can't i can't do that yeah and so he's being our our little cowardly lion and we kind of already noticed at the beginning of the movie bell's first dress it's very similar to dorothy's dress you know they're both blue with the white Mm -hmm. apron Mm -hmm. thing so we've got bell as dorothy and then wizard of oz they've got the tin man who's kind of like cogsworth they're both mechanical (laughs) even at the beginning of the movie whenever maurice is first going into the castle i forget exactly the line but but lumiere's like have a heart yeah because tin man doesn't have a heart and they got the dog they got toto and they they got the what do y'all call him i forgot the the dogoman dogoman yeah the dogoman but then you've also got chip because the the dogoman doesn't really follow bell around as much as toto was with dorothy that's true so chip is it's kind of a mix between the dogoman and chip as toto and then lumiere's kind of our scarecrow doesn't really think through everything and acts on his emotions more than logic because he hasn't got a brain (laughs) and then i was trying to fit mrs potts in but the only thing i could think of is maybe she's kind of like glinda the good witch of the north because she's like a guiding motherly influence yeah I think you have something. So. This is like some uh, some ring theory going on almost. With <laughs> but yeah, I pulled up I pulled up the cowardly lion picture and side by side, it's like it's it's uncanny the resemblance. Yeah, he's definitely got a. It's not not quite as curly a beard, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for here. Yeah. So that was my big discovery of the minute. Woohoo! Yeah. No, that was good. I really like his braided goatee. As a guy who used to have a goatee and and I once had it braided, yeah, it's respect, you know. Got the, I was going to ask, did you ever put a bow in yours? Um, I don't think I ever walk, went around outside with a bow. I'm almost positive there was a bow or two in my beard, in my uh, braided goatee at one time or another. I did have some <laughs> beads on it, though. Pirate style is pretty cool. Is that when you lived in Hawaii? No, no. It was long before Hawaii. <laughs> so I had another note, and this is kind of like just a uh, generalized thing about animated cartoons, because, you know, they're always the same Saturday morning cartoons. They always wear the same clothes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and they never change. So their hair never grows. They never need haircut. And so you can see here in Beast where this is going, you know, I always that part always kind of threw me a little bit because you see that guy, the barber, just 
cutting off all this hair and then yeah. when he gets done the beast looks exactly the same as he looked before <laughs> it's like i don't know you know like i and maybe that's maybe that's okay because a lot of times you know people will get their hair cut and then you know they'll come in and i won't notice that their hair is cut they'll you know well how do i look i'm like you look exactly the same as you did a hundred dollars ago <laughs> <laughs> people will come in or your wife will come in <laughs> There have been multiple people. It's not just my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, they had to show him getting ready, but there's not a lot they could do besides getting him dressed, which they didn't even show him getting dressed. But whatever. This is more about his, uh, his like, motivational prep than than his primping. Yeah, it's his mental. They're, they're trying to build up his self-esteem, you know, like make him look all good. Like, oh, look how good you look, you know, like you can do this. And then they end up totally failing when they have him look <laughs> like a, a, I don't know what a floozy is, but I feel like that's what a floozy is. <laughs> you look so, so stupid. Stupid. And the way it stops, like the music stops, everything stops and you just like low down drop like stupid. And then like right after that, you have a, a drum beating, you know, just like a silly drum sound. And that's like the cue to like, this is the punchline and you know, it's totally okay. And you're supposed to laugh here. Like, I like how they did that. And then the sound just like the music in the background picks right up again. Yeah. The little timpani bounce. Mm -hmm. On the sound design too. I also noticed that at one point when the barber's going through all his combing and haircutting and stuff, if you listen carefully, you can hear the beasties actually growling in the background of the <laughs> of the sound and stuff and i was just like oh wow that's like incredible that they put that in because you know it's gotta hurt he's pulling his all the knots out of his hair and stuff you know and i'm sure you've brushed your kid's hair and it's their favorite thing to do they just love it when you brush their hair <laughs> yeah not so much <laughs> yeah carrie showing me the definition of a floozy oh did i get it right <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i like uh when cogsworth comes in and he's like ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's just like i mean everybody's just so excited <laughs> i do have a note on that before he comes in though when lumiere he's like a little more off the top you know and and i just love the way that his voice kind of cracks a little bit as he's saying that because he's just like he's he's nervous and he's just kind of like oh you know we kind of messed up on this you know and and he you know like how do you tell somebody who's your boss who's your master that they look horrible you know like <laughs> he, there's no good way to do that he kind of just like dodges the question he's like oh just just take a little bit more off you know just do a little bit more it'll be it'll be it'll be good <laughs> that also got me wondering like where does that because i've heard that before a little more off the top you know you hear that it's just like kind of a common phrase i was wondering if that was like something that was around back in the beast day what is that 1800s yeah yeah i tried googling it and it it did not work so <laughs> the google machine broke yeah yeah and then on the back side literally of the beast i never noticed before how long his tail is like i don't know i just i guess i just always thought he had just like a little little bear tail you know just like a little ball but he's got like a long mm -hmm. flowing tail it goes all the way to the ground it's like a perfect cat tail you almost want to just you know put your hand around it and and go down the tail like you would a cat it's just like big fluffy thing <laughs> And I don't know why I never noticed that before. Yeah, I was looking at that as we were talking because like, man, I wonder if that's uncomfortable for him to sit there on that little stool. I mean, he's not sitting on his tail, but I mean, he's still a beast animal. It can't be that comfortable to sit on a chair. Yeah. But you're right. They, like, even though I know he has a tail and you've, we've seen it throughout the movie, like, it's not something you really notice or think of. Yeah. And I mean, that's got to be hard getting dressed because, I mean, all his pants have to have a hole for his tail. So getting dressed, you know, you got to, like, you got to either try to feed your tail through a hole and it's pushing your hair all the wrong way so it gets ruffled then you got to comb it out again <laughs> or you have kind of like a zipper on the back or a button on the back where you unbutton it put your tail in and then rebutton it you know it's 
probably the button thing. But then at the same time, at the beginning of this movie, you know, before Bill came along and he started changing, he didn't wear pants. Oh, that's he just true. Had, yeah. He just had that cloak on. That's probably why. Pants are uncomfortable anyways, you know, especially <laughs> the pants that he's wearing. I mean, he's wearing tight pants. He's like, he's in, he's in style. But um, tight pants and a tail, like, oh man, dude, I don't blame him. I would have been, I would have been running around in beast mode myself in a castle all to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of the culmination of his transformation. He's gone from being the, the beast running around on all fours, eating animals in his room <laughs> to uh, this guy that, you know, eats at a dinner table. And yeah, he's civilized now. Uses, yeah, he's civilized. He's wearing a full three-piece suit you know they're gonna dance so that is uh i did go back and watch the the human again footage that that janae mentioned the other day and that we linked a few episodes ago the storyboarding they had on there and i did really like the passage of time that they showed that you know there was a lot more time for them to progress and to change and to get to know each other yeah and to get to this point of the movie from where we were yeah. versus in this version it's like a weekend where the yeah, there's, there's like maybe a week, but uh, it's more likely like three or four days that this whole movie happens during. It is kind of sad that that didn't work out, but that's also one of the reasons that they cut it out because they had the, the same problems that we did. It's like, okay, well, uh, has uh, LeFou just been like sitting in the snow for the last four months? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get out there. Our Cogsworth sends us out. We see Belle coming in her Belle dress. Yeah, she's. I I, I kind of wish we had more of her getting ready, you know, because we see her coming out with the wardrobe, and the wardrobe's kind of like ushering her out, like, okay, there you mm-hmm. go, you know. But we don't get any of her nervousness or anything, because this is pretty much their first official date, you know, like out in public. Even though it's been the two, and they've kind of been falling in love here or there, and they're kind of like, oh, you know, maybe she likes me. I think she likes me. You know, you go through that one stage, and this is like the first date where you know they both like each other they're getting all dressed up they're going to a fancy dinner they're going to go dancing you know and and i almost think that the dancing i mean we'll get into this the next minute but the dancing might not have been you know part of it 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 just uh for sure it's dinner you know they're going to dinner and Mm -hmm. so this is like you know you can just think back everyone to their first date that they went on you know you, you know the person you know you're friends with them maybe at school or or something and you finally get up the courage to ask them on a date and they say yes and you're just like oh my god like so excited you're like i don't know what to do you know you're like the beast like oh my gosh and then you have somebody on top of that telling well you got to tell you love her because uh we're out of time and that's just like (laughs) that's like too much like i can't even imagine doing that i mean it took me like months and months to tell my wife that i loved her the first time and that was like super nerve-wracking you know because you don't know what they're gonna say yeah and for the record she didn't say she loved me back so (laughs) there you go (laughs) no hard feelings no resentment there at all so uh you know these people are super nervous you know and they're just like they're really excited and they're really nervous and it's just like you can see it kind of in their faces when they're coming down it's just it's it's exciting well and i wonder like like what was the setup for this because obviously they're both dressed up they're i mean they're doing the same thing that they've been doing for who knows how long yeah they're eating together they're talking you know but did they just say hey let's have a nice evening is there some kind of occasion is it like christmas dinner or something yeah yeah that's why they're getting dressed up or did the servants just say hey guys this is the last night so you guys are going to have you know a nice dinner that we're going to put on for you and you're both going to get dressed up and (laughs) we're forcing this to happen yeah i kind of imagine him asking her like hey would you like to go to dinner with me you know because they 
eat every day but you know he i'm i feel like this just being you know typical guy story meets a girl you know he he asked her you know maybe not maybe she asked him hey would you like to go to dinner with me you know like a dress up nice dinner actually now that i think about it she's probably the one that asked him she's probably like you know <laughs> Will you you want to go to dinner with me? You know, like a nice dinner. He's like, oh, like we dress up and everything, you know. And she's like, yeah. And that, I mean, now now you can see he's even more nervous because he didn't even ask her, but he wants to, you know. <laughs> and so she she kind of has control of the situation a little bit more, where she's she's the one pushing this. But this just in from Carrie Flores. This is Beast's birthday dinner. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it's his twenty first birthday. Is you know when the oh when yeah the rose runs out and this is the last night so this has got to be a birthday celebration well we saw the rose in the last minute right um yes and i almost wonder i can't think i remember how like how many petals did it have left i know in the new movie they make a point they say oh there's only four petals left you know and i was thinking well i don't know how many petals are on this one it wasn't into my minute and i was running behind so i didn't go into it but um, now i'm thinking you know like it's got to be it can't have that many left well even if it has a lot i mean it seems like they're falling at a faster rate yeah they're just dropping off left and right yeah but yeah so even it being his birthday i can see bell asking him you know i can't yeah, i can't yeah. see beast being like hey it's my birthday tomorrow or uh, you want to go have a fancy dinner you know no no i definitely agree with you there she's probably like hey it's your birthday we should have a nice dinner and dress like, up and yeah be fancy make it nice celebrate it you know they probably had to custom make his suit and everything oh yeah for sure they, they got on the tailors got on it everybody as soon as they said it was a date you know the whole castle jumped up cleaning everything and i guess they cleaned everything in the last minute but um yeah. you know the tailors busted out his old jacket and refitted it for him and got everything ready i don't think the jacket from when he was 10 would fit him <laughs> as the beast no matter how much you refit it i kind of feel going in on this the 10 year old beast i feel like you know you try to you try to get these things to explain the different sequences and i feel like somebody just messed up along the way i feel like he wasn't 10 he was never 10 he was always older and he just hasn't aged even though there's the 20 one birthday and it doesn't make sense that's just how i always thought of it because i never paid that much attention to like oh you know when he turns 21 and this is 10 years later you know like i just figured you know i didn't pay attention to that and that's probably how it's supposed to be you know like <laughs> i think somebody kind of messed up on the on the chronology no. of it all no 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 <laughs> <laughs> so in my head canon the beast has always been an adult and now he's you know just a beast instead of a, a human and i think actually he has stopped aging and so he hasn't aged at all nobody's aged in the castle that's what gets rid of the chip problem of chip being a little kid and then 10 years later being a little kid and all these problems you get with him if everybody I, just i think you just like the new version too aging. much no no just, you're I, just falling into the easy <laughs> easy explanations see it's not that i like the new version it's that the new version likes my version is what it is <laughs> mm-hmm. so um let me see i haven't even looked at my notes in a while <laughs> my next note is that bell comes out first and i don't know if this has any any significance at all but i thought this was kind of cool when she comes out actually the door her door opens and when it opens it sheds you know the door the light from the door kind of spills out across the kind of dark stairway and it makes like a circle almost like a spotlight on bell as she's coming down the stairs and she gets about halfway down the stairs before beast gets to his door he opens his door and when his spotlight turns on now you have his spotlight coming and it's a circle and when you look at it it almost makes a heart to where you have 
have the two circles are the two humps of the heart and then the staircase comes down to form the bottom of the heart so you have Ah. bell and the beast coming in and there's this big heart symbolic of the love that they're both walking into i thought that was that's intense yeah pretty deep pretty deep there's an animator crying right now (laughs) he's like because somebody finally noticed Now I'm about to make another animator cry because a few seconds later, and this might be jumping ahead of your minute, but when you look at Belle, and and this is cool too, because she gets to the bottom of the stairs first, and she's sitting there waiting for Beast. Mm -hmm. Beast comes down, and when he gets to the bottom, she steps forward and curtsies at him, and you know, like, she's just so happy to see him, and then he looks at her, and he's beaming, and he's so puffed up, he's like so excited, you know, doesn't know what to do. But as she steps forward, you can see the window, there's a reflection of her, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh man, that's super cool they put that reflection in like that's like intense detail and then i was looking Mm -hmm. i was like something's not quite right with it and it took me probably 10 minutes to figure out what it was and at first i was like well it's the hairs on the wrong side but no they did they did the hair right and i actually got like a little doll and took it to the mirror and was like (laughs) looking at it to see what was wrong and they got the hair right but they got the arms wrong so her hair is opposite of the side it's supposed to be on in a mirror <laughs> but when you look the arm that's raised is is on the wrong side of her body so it's yeah. it's showing the wrong reflection and they didn't do the mirror image of the arms no they didn't and i was like oh man they almost had it, it was so close but it was just like <laughs> that one thing was off and it was just like oh man something something was off there so Better looks next time, I bet time, you they guys. just did that for the sake of time. And I thought maybe they just maybe they just flipped the image, you know, because they talked about it before, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just flip the image. And so I thought that's what they did. And I was like looking at it really close to see. And they, they, they actually redrew it because it's, it's the, the shape of her is a little bit different. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when they drew it, they drew her arm on the wrong side. But they did put the time into it on the glass to make it look like it's, you know, that old hand poured or blown or whatever glass it has the the wavy effect to the glass. It's not just like a straight reflection. Uh, like crystal you would see. clear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now if you go look in a mirror, or not in a mirror, but in a glass reflection in a window, you have a lot crisper image. And here you've got like the waviness because it's that old style glass. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and Janae and I were talking about this, I believe it was last minute, how parts of the castle, Beast Castle, are based on the Palace of Versailles. And when you go in there, they've got all these giant windows and mirrors and stuff, but it's not perfect. You know, they were built back in the day before they had everything done by machine. And so even though there are these awesome looking windows and, and mirrors and all this stuff in there, you know, it, it does have that waviness to the glass because... You know, it was done by hand. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that they, they put that in there, even though they didn't get the image backwards for you. <laughs> no, it is perfect, I guess. <laughs> so I was going to say, this is, uh, as she's walking down the stairs, we get the first notes of the, the Tale as Old as Time song, which is what I always thought the name of the song was. But apparently it's called Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not too bad either. Yeah. It makes sense. It's a little confusing. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> But it makes sense that it's the name of the song. And it's a good song. It's the Angela Lansbury song. Unfortunately, I have not been able to get a hold of her because she doesn't have contact information out there. Angela Lansbury? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. my dream was to get Angela Lansbury to come on during this song. Holy moly. That would be epic. Yeah. But uh, probably not going to happen. Maybe we'll still be able to get her by the end of the, the movie. But it's such a good song. Yeah. One of the things, too, um, to kind of notice and look at here is to keep an eye on Belle and this was pointed out to me by my wife Mackenzie that 
she's acting exactly like a princess would you know she's mm-hmm. she's got perfect poise the position she's doing the way she curtsies the way she's got her dress you know everything is like super nice princess which is awesome because she's a disney princess but it's actually kind of weird when you think about it because she's not a princess she grew up you know a, i don't know if you'd say she's poor i'd say she's not wealthy but mm-hmm. she wasn't refined you know she didn't even have a mom she's got this inventor dad who doesn't even know about regular people let alone how fine lady would do things to teach his daughter you know so like how does mm-hmm. how does she know how to do all this stuff it's a little bit suspicious yeah i thought of that uh a few minutes ago because it's like well he's learning how to be a person and you know she's i guess learning how to to be more royal in her attitudes but it's more like she's teaching him how to do all these things but where did she learn how to do it yeah so i mean the only thing i can think of is that she's getting coaching from the the servants the wardrobe and mrs potts and you know they're helping her to learn how to be regal yeah. And then she's helping Beast, and I'm sure he's got Lumiere and Cogsworth to help him as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like, um, nobody knows how to act. <laughs> and yet, now they're both very majestic and stuff. Yeah. It's things that are easily forgiven. It's kind of like a musical where you have everybody in the scene starts magically singing the same song at the same time and everybody just knows the lyric like complete strangers <laughs> know the dance moves and it's like no oh, okay i guess we can over suspend our suspend our belief for that that's funny because carrie was watching with the kids and i was there for a little bit during lunch they were watching the happiest millionaire which is apparently some old musical dancing singing movie that i'd, I'd never seen before yeah, i never heard of it but yeah it's got a lot of those scenes like in seven brides and seven brothers where everybody starts dancing and you know they have dance fights and <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. It's like, man, when, when did movies like that stop being in style? But yeah. At one point, that was the thing. Like, if you were an actor, you sung and you danced and you had dance fights in bars. <laughs> and <laughs> at some point, somebody decided that wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. But, uh... Well, some some movies still have dance fights. I don't know if you've seen Stepdad, mm, but there's a pretty decent dance fight in there. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, I don't know if you've seen uh, Step Up. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of dance fighting in that one. Uh. So I'm wondering as they start coming down the uh, the stairs, if over on the right there's a uh, decoration on the wall. I'm wondering if that's a rose kind mm-hmm. of carved on the wall and, and how, yeah. how much roses are spread throughout this castle. And if that was a theme before the curse or, or after the curse, the castle's kind of imprinted that on itself. Like, oh, this is really important. The rose is all about the rose. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say because we don't get to see much of the castle after the curse is broken but there's definitely roses like all over the place as we see the castle but then in this room and in bell's room in some of the hallways in the library those areas aren't like super grotesque and gargoyle and scary like other parts of the castle that we later see get transformed and become you know like nice and have nice statues instead of scary gargoyles and stuff so you know we kind of had the theory oh the stuff that was closest to beast when he was angriest that's the stuff that kind of reflected how he felt and what it looked like but i kind of figure the roses all over the place are, are part of the curse in my in my head yeah either that or maybe maybe the the wicked witch or whatever whoever she is maybe she chose the rose you know like maybe the rose has something to do with his family and she so she chose that as the medium to curse him with kind of hmm. like cursing him with something that is part of him yeah that's a good question i want to do some research now but <laughs> we're recording so i can't okay um i don't think that we have 
seen this room before. So I didn't go back to like reference older pictures, mm -hmm. but looking at the staircase and looking at the like lizard man bird things at the bottom, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen them. Even though we did see like a double staircase coming down to one in the entrance, I believe, of the castle. I'm pretty sure this is not the same staircase. This looks a lot nicer and more ornate than I think anything we've seen up till now. Yeah. So I think this is a, a a new section of the castle for us. Yeah. And that makes sense, too, because up until now, you know, they haven't need to use the, the party wing of the castle. You know, they're using the regular dining area. And now, you know, they're coming out the grand entryway. This is where, you know, you would walk down with your wife and when you'd have a huge party and there would be like the bottom stairs would be filled with all the people and they would see you come down and make mm. a grand entrance you know it makes sense that yeah. this is something they haven't done before and it's a little bit fancier i mean just just look at that curtain hanging down i mean that is like ridiculous an intense curtain and it's hanging down and then it hangs back up and then back down and then crosses another door and then hangs all the way down almost to the floor i mean that's gotta be a 200 yards worth of blue fabric yeah and it's you know, it's blue, which has been kind of another theme of the movie as we started out with the reds, especially with the beast. And we've moved into the, to, into Belle's blue color. Oh. So it's showing her influence and the change in beast and in Belle as we're moving from that, that darker, angry color into the, the blue. Yeah. I wonder if blue is her favorite color. Coming from someone whose blue is my favorite color. That that would that would throw some light on, you know, like the beast is dressing in her favorite color, you know, like Aww. Lumiere went and found out what her favorite color is. Oh, it's blue, you know, you gotta wear this blue dress and then Cogsworth overheard him and he just went crazy and then decked out the whole thing in blue put up this whole big this used to be red before because red's the beast's favorite color and then cogs are says, ah, make it blue make it blue so they came and like sewed 200 yards worth of fabric to make the entryway blue for bell <laughs> blue and gold is is a traditional french like royalty colors mm -hmm. so the blue and gold banquet yeah not that one it's the wrong <laughs> kind of blue and gold <laughs> Okay, so uh, so as Beast is coming out, still gets like a little bit of last minute encouragement from Lumiere, and Lumiere is like they're kind of almost hiding behind the the big blue curtain, yeah, pushing him on. But it just makes me nervous because he's he's all lit up, his hands and his head, and he's like hiding in this curtain. He's he's literally holding the curtain <laughs> with the flame. <laughs> not the first time we've seen him be careless with his flames but uh, apparently he has enough control that it doesn't cause an issue oh yeah he's 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 pretty much half dragon he can breathe fire and i think he can control it he's it's like the fire avatar all right all right so so now on to my my epiphany so besides that we have mrs potts on her card again it always kind of confused me slash bugged me that chip was there i mean he's always kind of around mm -hmm. but he's like okay well meh. but uh i realized that this song her singing about them falling in love is the explanation that he's been asking for oh like what's what's I even yeah what's that mama what's what that what, what do you mean that? what what's happening and she's like oh, i'll tell you when you get older and where i was like ah, oh, and she never tells him and that's frustrating but this song is her explaining to him what's going on yeah and that's why he's there and that's like at the end of the song where she's like okay time to go to bed now yeah. like i finally told you go to sleep <laughs> yeah it's like she's we're hearing this song but really she's singing it to chip like yeah this is almost a chip lullaby here that's <laughs> just become like this amazing famous iconic song it would have would have been clued in earlier if it was instead of beauty and the beast it was called chip's lullaby that would have cleared up a lot of things. <laughs> it would have been a kind of weird name but uh 
But yeah, so I guess uh, getting to my notes about the song, which are mostly just like copied over from Wikipedia or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is a big deal when this song came out. So Disney actually used it to promote the movie as a single and they hadn't really done it before, I guess. I'm not really super clear on that. But they they got Celine Dion to do a radio friendly version of it. But then they're like, well, nobody really knows who she is because apparently at that time she was just like some unknown Canadian singer. Really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so they're like, ah, eh, so we're going to get somebody named Bryson. I have no idea who they got to, to sing with her. That is so funny how that works out. Like, we don't know the famous person they chose because the person they chose wasn't famous as they wanted her to be. Yeah. Yeah. So they did the duet version of it. And uh, it said that at first she was hesitant to do it because she just got fired from recording the theme song for Five Goes West. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, it's another good one. But uh, yeah, she got fired from doing that apparently. And then she was like, I don't really know. But she ended up doing it. And uh, I'm kind of torn on it because like, well, I'm glad that, you know, it worked out and blah, blah, blah. Love the movie. Mm. But this is kind of what started the trend of like every Disney movie with singing that they'll have some pop stars do a a cover at the end of it. So this was the first one. And because it was such a huge success, that's why they keep doing it. And I always hate the versions that they do. Yeah. Like at the end of every Disney movie, like Aladdin, especially Aladdin. That's the one that really bugs me. I don't know why. That one actually doesn't bug me as much, but I know what you mean. I can feel it like, because they go through the song and it's good. And then the end, it's like this weird jazzed up version. Yeah. With like people singing so smooth and like it's like till it's honest a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just not a fan of it and it kinda makes me sad that that tradition started because of this song but it's such a good song and we we talked about it before when we were talking about angela lansbury at some point that you know she was kind of nervous about doing the vocals for this because she felt like her her voice was kind of at its end it wasn't sure if she was up to doing like the main part on a song yeah but she flew in got right off her flight got picked up taken straight to the studio with the live orchestra i really like how they they recorded everything here live with the orchestra so they didn't do in the sound booth but she did one take and that's the one they ended up using angela lansbury is the bomb yeah it was pretty amazing this song i mean it can never be sung by anyone else i mean this is they tried and it was just yeah yeah it was horrible when i compared the two that was the part that really bugged me the most was the pot's voice Mm -hmm. and just the way nothing i mean this is probably not saying anything bad about the actor i'm sure the actor is a great actress but the english accent she uses is not the right english accent for mrs potts Mm -hmm. i don't know enough to know what different ones there are but oh hers is just so wrong and then when she sings the song and they change it and it's just like oh it's just getting worse and worse like you're killing it slowly <laughs> like please stop uh, yeah yeah it was pretty bad but the two versions of this song the original versions they were both really successful even though i don't like the celine dion one mm-hmm. as much they got a golden globe an academy award for best original song a grammy awards for the best song written with visual media best pop performance i mean they got a ton of stuff grammy award record of the year song of the year so it was a it was a pretty big success and yeah, it cleaned up they peaked at number nine on the billboard hot one 100. Yeah, it says that this song, the success of Beauty and the Beast, kind of launched Celine Dion's career and established her as a as a bankable recording artist. Wow. So I totally would have never, ever thought that. No, I didn't even know she sung this Disney song. I always thought she sung, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, in Vegas or other old people songs. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you, you see these things as kids. <laughs> Don't know who people are till later on. Yeah. Yeah, no respect. And this is considered one of Disney's best and most popular songs. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. I feel like, and I feel like it's hard too, because Disney comes out with a new movie every year, every year and a half. I don't know what their schedule is now. Mm -hmm. And it always does well because it's Disney and it's always great. But I feel like there's so much pressure on them to put out a smashed hit song with every movie, you know, like the iconic song for that movie. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like they do a great job every time, you know, with Frozen, there's the Frozen song and Moana's got a a bunch of great songs. I like the crab song the best, but you know, they've, they've got great songs and it's just like it's amazing Mm -hmm. to me how they put out not only an amazing animated movie but also amazing music along with that you know yeah it's like they have to do two jobs they have to write these awesome songs and have a movie that's awesome and uh, they do such a good job like for for this movie i was talking to carrie earlier about how i can't believe that as as they were working on the music and writing for beauty and the beast at the same time the same people were working on aladdin you know for the music and then the words and stuff for that and it's like man they were just pumping it out yeah not only do they have to do that but they got to do it back to back on top of each other like that's why they get the big bucks in the only entire world now Yeah. But even then, I mean, they don't, they didn't always. And I guess that's kind of what I like about Beauty and the Beast and just kind of following the the Disney release of movies is that they had some really good ones and then they kind of let themselves slide and got into the, the dark period. And then Little Mermaid came and Beauty and the Beast really swept us back into the Disney Renaissance. And we got, you know, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, The Lion King, you know, all these movies that, that we grew up with yeah. watching over and over again. Those are the Renaissance movies. And then it kind of died off again. And, and you got the, the not so great movies of like the, the late 90s early 2000s before they kind of got their stride again and came back in with with tangled and frozen and moana and they've kind of had a second revival as they were like okay we kind of let ourselves slip again and they brought back in people that could do that they could put together an awesome movie with a great story and animation and music and tie it all together and get it stuck in our heads for you know a year or so until the next one comes out yeah it really just goes to show how much it pays off when you do something great you know the amount of time Mm -hmm. and the amount of effort that went in to make these movies with the song and the animation you know they all the detail that went into it you know they didn't have to do all that they could have made it just like any other movie back then cartoon movie you know and just yeah kind of you know just drew a cartoon like saturday morning cartoons but they they put so much into it and it really just i mean you can appreciate it one minute at a time and i feel like it would be hard to do that with with another animated movie yeah yeah and the part that's weird for me is thinking back to these people when they were making it you know they had no idea what they were doing yeah i mean obviously they knew how to do what they were doing but they didn't know that it was going to become beauty and the beast and it was going to be this awesome thing that everybody loved for years and years and years and as you listen to to people talking about the making of it and interviews with animators and composers and stuff they're like oh yeah we we didn't really know that it was going to be a hit we weren't sure if anybody was going to like it Mm -hmm. and yet they put so much you know time and talent into it yeah and it must have just been so weird to have been working on it and then see it just explode and you know looking at it from my standpoint where it's always just been this amazing thing it's pretty crazy yeah and i guess kind of to to wrap up that train of thought in 2004 the american film institute officially recognized this song beauty and the beast as one of the greatest songs in film history oh. and it's number 62 greatest song in film history at least up until 2004 yeah that ranking might have changed but still that's pretty impressive yeah 
All right. Um, you got anything else for this minute? Uh, just a couple last notes on the feelings of Bale and Beast, just to touch on it again. If you watch them when they're coming down the stairs, they curtsy, they grab each other's hands, they walk down the stairs, and they're both just staring at each other, like, totally in love, you know? They're not like, you know, normally you take somebody's hand and then you look where you're going, you can walk down these stairs, but, I mean, these two, they're just totally entranced with each other. And they're just, like, totally, completely in love. And this is, I mean, this is where we get to see it. It's just amazing. And then my very last note is on Mrs. Potts. Just her animation. Her cheeks are so amazing. They look so squishy. <laughs> I just want to grab them and squish them. I'm just like, or just give her a big hug. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I love her cheeks. <laughs> she has uh, got some big cheeks. I mean, that that's her self. Her whole body is her, basically her cheeks. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at some of the uh, the development art when they were trying to figure out the the characters how they wanted to do them, and they had some some funky looking Mrs. Potts in the beginning. They had one with like where she had I guess like a teapot warmer thing on her, and so she was kind of like wearing a jacket. It looked like, uh-huh. and and they had some. I mean, I guess maybe if we had grown up with it, it wouldn't look strange. But looking at them now, it's like eh, not so much. <laughs> So they they settled on a good design for her. So yeah, I think uh, that's all I have for this minute. But I mean, this minute, there's a lot to talk about. The next minute, I mean, we haven't even gotten to like the famous ballroom scene yet. Yeah. We're just at the beginning of the song. As I started to, to prep for these minutes, it was like, whoa, like usually when you're doing minute by minute, sometimes you'll find some stuff. I mean, I guess probably besides like the Star Wars guys that can talk about a minute for forever because <laughs> everybody's you know been crazy about that movie for so long yeah but usually you don't find that much stuff but this the ballroom scene that's coming up here in the next few minutes was such like a revolutionary thing as far as like the music of it the animation they you know did uh computer animated stuff and it was just very revolutionary and kind of everybody that saw it was just so wowed by it yeah. that uh, there's a lot out there. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting digging into it these next few minutes. Yeah, this is like coming up. This is the money shot. Like when you think of Beauty and the Beast, this is what you think of. When you think of Lion yeah. King, you think of the monkey holding that little lion up, you know, like that's Lion King. When you think of Beauty and the Beast, it's Belle getting swung around in a gold dress in a ballroom. Mm-hmm. And that's just like, yeah. that's what it is. Which is kind of funny because most of the movie, that's not who she is. Yeah. Getting swung around in a fancy dress as a princess, you know, it's about her being independent and strong and making decisions and, you know, choosing her fate and following her heart and all that. And then everybody thinks of Belle in the in the, in the the dress. And you know, Janae and I have talked about it before. Like when you go do a Belle costume, the, the little girls are wearing the big gold dresses. Yeah. And it's like, mm, that's not who really who she was most of the time. <laughs> that's only 10% Belle right there yeah yeah i think this is just like such an emotionally charged Mm -hmm. section of the movie it sticks with you because i mean this is the love climax you know this is this is where they kiss you know they don't kiss but it's kind of like that where (laughs) i was gonna say i don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) you must be watching a different movie i don't know though that would have been some uh something hard to animate (laughs) how do we make it look like the beast is not eating bell's face Maybe that's why they avoided it. But, you know, like in movies, like when the guy and the girl, they finally kiss and you're just like so excited and you know what's coming and just like, oh, there's this like sparks are flying. Like, this is it. Then when she's dancing, like, that's just like amazing. And so I think that's why so many people recognize it as Beauty and the Beast and why it's idolized almost to where it's just like the feeling you get when that's happening is just that's what Disney is. <laughs> 
that's what Disney is. All right, awesome. Well, that, I believe, wraps up this minute. Are you going to be joining us for Minute 61? Uh, yes, I think I, I should be able to do that. Sweet, because I believe JNA will not be here. But if she is, then there will be three of us. So <laughs> we'll find out next time. But until then, if people want to get a hold of you or talk to you, is there some way they can do that? Um, Not really. Um, <laughs> I have been thinking about getting into movies by minutes. So actually, probably the best way to hear more of me is just to listen to every single movies by minutes podcast and tell you find one that I'm making. <laughs> that hasn't been made yet um so yeah maybe maybe sometime in the future but for now uh no <laughs> Alrighty then we'll send people over to the uh, movies by minutes.com website to try to hunt you down <laughs> <laughs> and uh like we said at the beginning of the episode if you want to hear more of johnny um, you can go over to the pickles and popcorn podcast on the growler media website and he was on the episode where they reviewed the circle horrible movie great podcast episode i definitely recommend you go check it out while you're there that's where this podcast lives as well so be sure to check out our old episodes if you're not subscribed you can listen to them on the website we've got other podcasts there the never-ending minute is on there they've already finished up they're still going to do a few episodes now and then but you can listen to their entire season binge listen to your heart's desire as a, as a plug for them they did a great job i watched that movie not as much as this one but i watched that movie growing up as well and the amount of passion they put into it even if you didn't like the movie you'd probably like the podcast just because just because of the way they talked about it and and the, did their podcast they really did a great job yeah I, I agree like it was never one of my favorite movies but it's definitely one that it's like okay yeah there's some nostalgia there yeah like listening to listening to them will make you want to watch the movie yeah yeah and it's interesting kind of reminds me there are a few movies by minute podcasts that i listen to specifically i'm thinking of the the mad max minute that like i've never seen the movies but i love listening to the podcast and they do it in such a way that's like okay i kind of get a chunk of the story each time they don't just talk about it in a way that if you hadn't seen the movie you'd be completely lost so you kind of get the story but then you also get a lot of great commentary on what's going on so it's kind of fun to listen to one where you haven't seen the movie yet go check that one out as well and as always, you can find us on our social medias. We are on all the social medias. Just search Beastly Minute and you will find us. And until next time, please let your friends know about this podcast. It's easy. When the moment is right, you confess your love. You care for the podcast, don't you? Well, then you must tell them. <laughs> say my brother Johnny or this is Johnny or this is Mr. Flores or that might be confusing. This is Johnny be good. Maybe it's like a clip on ringlet beard. You know, they'll come in and I won't notice that their hair is cut. They'll, you know, well, how do I look? I'm like, you look exactly the same as you did a hundred dollars ago. <laughs>
You look so, so stupid. Stupid. Carrie, show me the definition of a floozy. Oh, did I get it right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's okay, though. You are subbing in for Janae, so it works. <laughs> now I'm about to make another animator cry. And then when she sings the song and they change it and it's just like, oh, it's just getting worse and worse. Like, you're killing me slowly. Like, please stop. Excuse me. They look so squishy. I just want to grab them and squish them. It's like, oh my gosh, I love her cheeks. It's just like the feeling you get when that's happening is just, that's what Disney is. I'm keeping your bones.